we're talking about not by accident, how some things happen and come to pass in people's lives. Most people are familiar with Genesis, the first chapter, you know, 1-1 said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and darkness, and the darkness was there was a spiritual darkness, not a, just a physical darkness. And it said, and, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the deep. He was brooding, just hanging, not doing anything until God spoke. And then God spoke directly into the earth, and he said, light be, he spoke directly into the earth. Now let me make that statement, he spoke directly into the earth and into that circumstance, and he said, light be. And the Bible said, light was. He spoke right into the circumstance and said, light be. Now, don't go off and think you know what I'm about to preach on, because I know he's going to say this next. No, you don't. Mary had a little lamb. No, you see, you didn't know I was going to say that. But God spoke directly into the earth, and that thing changed. And then his plan came to pass. There was spiritual light in the earth. You with me? Not physical light, because that didn't happen for a few more days. This was spiritual light. You know, like Psalm 119, 130 said, the entrance of his words brings light. That's not physical, it's spiritual light. There was darkness, spiritual darkness there, and we don't have time to go into the details of why, but the enemy was there, the fallen one, Lucifer. And so he spoke, now I'm saying this on purpose, directly into the earth. He spoke directly into the earth, and then a change came in the earth. Say that again. God spoke directly into the earth, right to the problem. Nothing between him, nothing, listen, nothing between him and the earth. And it was affected. Okay? And what are we talking about? God's things coming to pass, not by accident. And are there ways that they come to pass? So with that thought in mind, he spoke directly into the earth and something happened. Notice this in 2 Corinthians, uh, the fourth chapter. We're going to read a couple of verses and then, then and move forward. But remember, he spoke directly to the earth and it happened. And something occurred. So, 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, and this may be a familiar verse, but we're going to look at some different things here. The fourth chapter, and the very last verse, it says, while we do not, verse 18, while we do not look at the things which are seen or appear, but at the things which are not seen. So that means there are things you can look at, because he said, while we look not at, while we look at. So isn't that a strange thing to say? You can, you're not supposed to look at the things that are seen, but you're supposed to look at the things that are unseen. Doesn't that sound strange? 
while we do not look at the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. So that means there are things that are not seen, but they're real things. And some people don't know about them. Some people have never thought to look and to know there is a way to look at them. And is, are there vast unseen things? You know, there's people today who say, well, I don't believe in hell. People today say, I don't believe in God. There's people today who don't, don't believe in a lot of things. I don't believe in this. I don't believe in that. Well, why? Because they're only looking at the things seen. And if it doesn't measure up, then they don't want to look at something that's unseen. But it doesn't matter when you lose this seen body, we all get to see the unseen. But there are other unseen things. Notice this. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. Literally are subject to change. It's an interesting thought. So things that you look at that many people think are most valuable, most important, are actually can be in flux, can change. But notice this. But the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Or you could say these things are everlasting, and some of them are from God, or all things are from God, so to speak, because He created hell. But not for man. He, the Bible's clear. He never created hell for man. He created it for the angels that left their first estate. Men go there who don't choose to get into their right estate in Christ. But he didn't create it ultimately for man. So there are unseen things that are eternal that are fixed. Now, remember what I said? In the beginning, God spoke directly into the earth and brought change. Right? Now he tells us that we are to live our life as Christians, not focusing just totally on the seen things. Now, don't you've got to when you're driving. You understand that? You're like, okay, I'm going to do this. Let's close my eyes and go through this intersection. That would not be intelligent. And that's not what he's saying, to live blind like that. He's just saying, listen, we need to know that there is not only a seen but there is an unseen. And here's what God did in Genesis. He got what he wanted in the seen by speaking from his realm, the unseen. Does God exclusively do that today? The answer to that would be no. But God still wants his unseen realities here, built, manifest, coming into being, and so now what he does is he does it many times a little bit different. Doesn't always just directly speak it into the earth. Now what he does is he'll do this. He'll get a mediator, a go-between. And what he'll do is this is what, how he gets his stuff into the earth today, and many times is he gets a mediator, a go-between. And then he wants that mediator to make that thing or to follow after him until that thing becomes a reality here. 
You say, what do you mean? God doesn't just always speak to the earth and say, light be. He actually speaks into the heart, into the unseen realm of, of a human. And he puts dreams in them. He puts desires in them. He'll even give them direction for the simple affairs of life. And why is that? Because he wants his unseen stuff shown here. He'll deal with people about forgiveness. He'll deal with people about obeying him. Why is that? Because disobedience would not allow his unseen things to come into play here in the earth. And so we see a lot of things happening like that right now in the world where there's a lot of people disobeying and don't know the voice of the Lord, haven't followed him, haven't followed his word, and those things are not here. Why would God want some of those things here to affect here? Because there are people who need to be influenced by heaven, and he wants them influenced. He wants them without excuse. I was telling Pastor Linda the other day that the Lord had been dealing with me, and I am not. this isn't in my message, but uh, from, from John 16, how Jesus preached to people, he healed people, he demonstrated things, and he, then he told the people. He said, because you've seen this, because you heard, and now because you've seen, he said, you are without excuse before God. Listen. God wants the world without excuse. So that means that the world then, when they go before him, some of them will have excuse. And why will they have excuse? Because Jesus didn't do what he said? No, because he deals with people here to do his will, to follow his plan, to walk in his ways, so that those things come into play with lost and the saved, so that they not only have to figure it out for themselves, they get to see, hear, and experience, and then they come before him without excuse. He wants that, but he wants his unseen things that he deals with people about to become seen. Why? Because they glorify him. In what ways do they become seen? Is it that God is speaking in an audible voice? Well, no, but he does deal with his people. You with me? He deals with people about all kinds of things. He'll deal with people about not cheating and not lying. His people. Why? Because then the world gets to see what salt and light looks like. You with me? He'll deal with people about serving. And people say, why do you go to the church and why do you serve? Because we're building an unseen kingdom, but we're doing it in the seen realm. And I'm just following him. And we're building something. We're not building Noah's Ark. We're building a place. And so God will deal with people. And then to make it come into action, those people, because God doesn't just only speak it into the earth and say, light be. He speaks it into hearts, and then those hearts have to follow and do so it comes into play here. And then who gets the glory? Me? You? God. Why? Because he's the one who dealt with you. And so what if I don't do what he says? 
then it doesn't come into the here and now. What is rebellion? What is disobedience? Then that, if I'm rebelling and disobeying, then that is what is coming out of my life for the world to see. But that doesn't mean God's not dealing with me. That doesn't mean God's not working in me. So we understand this, that God doesn't just always speak into the air now and change things. He speaks into the hearts of people to do things. And those things then, as they follow, have an effect. What if God deals with you about reaching somebody? That's left all inside of you, hidden away from humanity. Hidden away from affecting somebody. Hidden away. And then what if you don't obey and God deals with now with somebody else and he said, now, now go witness to that person. And you don't know, man, they're close to death. They're, they're going to OD on drugs. Well, I'm just too busy. I'm embarrassed. What will they think? And then God deals with somebody else. What is God trying to do? He's trying to get heaven manifest in the earth for someone in need. And it doesn't just happen by accident. You with me? And what it is with God is He makes all His things that we obey bring pleasure in our hearts. So it's kind of like, you know, you know, obedience is good. That's a thought. But obedience to God. You know, some people get so frustrated in life, it's because they're not obeying heaven, and heaven isn't being able to be brought through them. I'm talking Christians, people who have received Christ. And so they've lived their own life, done their own thing. It doesn't mean that heaven has not dealt with them. It does not mean that they don't know truths in the Word. It's just they have refused to act, and therefore heaven doesn't flow through them. Heaven's in them, in the sense the Lord's in them, but they haven't acted it out. And when we act it out and live it out in this life, heaven comes to earth in manifestation through humans. That's an interesting thought. I knew you guys all knew this, though. But God has used middlemen for a long time. He did it with Jesus. He did it before Jesus was here. He did it with the apostles. He did it with the early believers. You can read about them through the Bible. And what happens is they just responded to God. Paul said, he said, I labored more than everybody else. He said, yet not I, but Christ, he was working in me. And he said, I labored according to his working that worked in my, me mightily. In other words, I just responded to his dealings and when I responded to his dealings, we read the results. But really, all it was was heaven trying to have its way through a human in the earth and make effect. And when he labored, so, it, so definitely if you're going to do the things that God deals with you or that you see in the Word, it's going to be work. It's going to be labor. If he deals with you to forgive and to walk in love because the Word said it and those people haven't treated you right and you have to forgive them, you're going to have to labor. I'm going to choose. I'm going to do that. But what does it do? Somebody said, well, you should just be mean back to them. But the Bible said, forgiven, you will be forgiven. Don't forgive and you won't be. Well, I want heaven working through me. So I'm, I'm going to do this. And though it's not popular, why? Because I'm bringing it into the earth.
bringing it into my house, I'm bringing it into my job, I'm bringing it into the circumstances. And so God wants his power, his glory, and all his things on display. And, and what's interesting is we need to recognize that God does deal with people and there are things that he wants into, into manifestation. He desires. Here's the thing. Whether I do what I'm called to do or not, I will be required to give an account for it, whether I did it or not. Even if I disobey and say, forget it, God will go find somebody else, and then they'll get the blessing, and I'll still be required. I'll still. But what's so wild is, what really happens inside of a believer in their life? They see something in the Word, they need to respond. They see something, you know what I'm saying, see, they know it. They know, man, I need to be there. I need to be doing this. Well, but I, it's, just, just, it's just working in the nursery. Yeah, but the whole thing about working in the nursery is God can do something through you. And is it his plan? Is it quiet in here or is that just me? Sorry, I was wondering if anybody else was recognizing that. But I mean, you think about it. In Hebrews eleven seven, we know the story. It gives a little description more than in Genesis about Noah and the flood. There, God, God dealt with him and spoke. He didn't speak to other people. But through him, he didn't. He didn't go tell the whole world, listen, a flood's coming. He, he spoke to a man. He didn't say, hey, everybody, a flood's coming. But he spoke to a man. And then that man, the Bible said, moved with godly fear and was a preacher of righteousness for 120 years. He kept saying, there's a flood coming, there's a flood coming, there's a flood coming. And those people kept partying and kept having their relationships and their devious lifestyles. And he kept saying, there's a way you can get on this boat I'm building. And so you think about what he did for 120 years. He preached and he built. He worked when the weather didn't look like what God had told him was coming to pass. So you can see that Noah was a man, the Bible said, move with godly fear. But what did that godly fear do? It caused him, his godly respect made him prepare for what the world didn't see and only he knew. And I don't know that God kept dealing with him every week or every month about it. It might have been years he just kept doing and doing and doing. So he's out there uh, dragging lumber and getting stuff and building and building year after year and telling people there's going to be a flood coming. He, those words didn't hit the earth and go to everybody. They hit a man's heart and then God expected him to bring it on the scene. And he did this year after year, year after year. Some people say, man, you know, I've served God and I haven't seen a lot of change yet. Uh, we just stay faithful. We just stay faithful. Because the enemy would like you to quit bringing your boards to the ark. Right? He'd like you to not put the pitch or the tar that makes it waterproof on there. Because your little part is worth nothing. So, so you just go do your own thing. You're wasting your time. No, you're not wasting your time. When you've heard from God and you know what to do, you do it. 
how many people have gotten themselves into a wrong place because they knew what the Lord had been dealing with them about and they wouldn't do it. So we see, though, with Noah, what did he do? He, he prepared. He was consistent in his preparation. He was st- and then he stayed steady. And then what happened? God's plan and design came into being. And how many of us look at Noah's life and we think of the day the animals came and we think of the day that all this stuff happened and we think, whoa, I want to be like him. 120 years without seeing anything that looked like it's coming to pass and you're just building, 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 building. And you ain't building a canoe. You know, you ain't like those other guys, you know, like the guys who learned how to cut down a tree and chop the middle out and make like a little dugout thing with a little outrigger and they build about a bunch of those and you're like what are you building i'm gonna be saving the whole world (laughs) well we got these and he just kept building and building and telling them and so we need to understand turn to john 16 actually don't turn there don't turn there but John 16, 13, that much of, you know, you find stuff in John 14, John 15, and 16 about the work of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, it said, He will show you things to come. That's one of the great things about a believer. He'll show you things or tell you things to come. He'll deal with you. He'll deal with you. He's dealt with me about this church, about things to come that are actually in the works right now. And the only way some people will see them is to wait to see them. And then you'll go, whoa. Or you can see them inside before you see them. And you can go, whoa, before you see them. Somebody said, that didn't make any sense. It does. Because there are things happening that are coming to pass that will keep coming to pass. And we'll see them with these eyes, but before they come to pass, he's shown them. And you know, there's things like that in people's lives that he deals with people. He wants some people out of relationships and into different things. Why? Because he'll deal with you. That's not it. He'll show you things to come. He'll know if you follow that, you won't get there. And so he'll deal with you about things to do. Why? Because he wants you to get there to his place, and he wants his good things through you. You with me? And so this is a familiar story to many people. If he'll show us things to come, he'll direct us about things. He'll show us good things and bad things. He'll tell us and guide us so that we can change things and follow certain courses, you know, Think of the story of Jonah. Have you, anybody ever read it? It's just a few chapters long in the Old Testament. Jonah's story is awesome. In, in Genesis, or Jonah, the book of Jonah, the first chapter, the first verse, and the second verse are profound. God dealt with Jonah. He didn't deal with Nineveh. They were acting, they were horrible. And so God dealt with this man named Jonah, and he said, Um, I'm going to destroy them if they don't change. You go talk to them. Jonah in verse 2 said, I'm out of here, and took off. 
Sometimes we think, well, my disobedience may be affecting them, but Jonah's disobedience not only affected them, it affected him. He said, I'm going the opposite way, and so now his life is miserable. He's in a prison, and they're not bars, they're ribs. And he can obey, he can repent and obey, or he can stay and come out the other way, and it's done. He's dead. And that would stink. Some of you will figure that out. Like, oh, I see what he meant by that. Yes, that would stink, literally. But here's the thing. God wanted his plan. Jonah said, I don't want your plan. Nobody around him, it seems, knew that God had been dealing with him uh, about this because he gets on a boat. I mean, if you know you got some guy on this boat who's traveling with you, who's totally going the wrong way, who's not obeying God, and there's such turmoil in his life because he's so far outside the will of God, and he gets in your boat with you, uh, and you know this, this is everywhere he goes, it's a rainy day. Hey, you ain't riding on our boat. You can go on the next one, but you ain't going on ours. They didn't know. You can be in a crowd of people and others don't know what you're being dealt with. But it's so hard to obey. It's much harder to be in the storm and then be in the belly of the whale, and it's just getting worse and worse. But I can do it. I can hold out. And he kept holding out. He would have held out and died, and God would have had to speak to another person. We would never have known. How many other Jonas would have been there before one responded? And so God will deal with people. And so what's really cool is there's more than one way to get to God's design. You with me? You can end up in the belly of the whale and repent and get dumped out on shore, and that was a bad part. Or you can just walk on shore or say, okay, God, I'll go and get on a boat and go or however you need to go and just obey him. And what happens is then his plan comes into being. Or, or you can fight and fight and fight and fight and fight in that miserable place. I'm so glad Jonah did it. But, you know, he... Some people, well, I know this, Jonah did it with a bad attitude. You with me? He did it, but he did it with a bad attitude, and God wasn't pleased. He wanted him to do his justice attitude and be willing to do it. And so what we need to understand is this. Don't be a Jonah in this aspect. Get out, you know, because some people are like, okay, I'll obey you. It's so miserable, and they get puked out. That's what happened. That, that big old fish puked him out. So it wasn't like he came out in a tuxedo. He came out with clothes that had barf on them. You know what's in the stomach of a fish? Stuff. And that's where he was. So he had stuff. And he was living in that stuff. And he finally said, all right, I'll just do what you want me to do. Forgive me. Here we go. But there are some people who live from belly to belly to belly. They're like, oh, okay, 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 I've had enough. And then they go, okay, I'm following you now. 
And then they're like, no, no, I'm not. Back in a belly. And God's so merciful, but let's quit that. Amen? Don't want that. I know this. God deals with us about all kinds of things in life. Through his word, he tells us stuff. And he wants those things in play through you. Through you, through me. He does. Why is it that he keeps dealing with you if he doesn't want it through you? Because he chooses people and he wants stuff done through you. You with me? And when I obey and when I respond, it happens. I know this. God dealt with this guy from California and dealt with him to go into the ministry. So he started planning. And everything God deals with you about, you need to follow it after it, whatever it is. If it's like, hey, I'm going to have a career, then learn. Learn how to be good. Learn, learn characteristics of what it is. Learn to meditate in the Word. Because he said if you'd learn and would start meditating in the Word, he said he would make you prosperous. You would make, he actually said you'd make your own way prosperous. And so some people want the results without the process. I'm going to have the pro- I'm just going to, I'm just going to have this. But there is a process to things. You know, if you're just lazy, think about if you're even prospering while you're lazy. What if you were half as lazy, you could prosper more? Because the Bible said a lazy man is like a hinge on a door that just, you know, swings back and forth, you know. And it talks about, you know, on a bed, they just lay there and roll back and forth. And then their poverty will come on them like a strong man. So one thing that benefits you through me is if I take the time as a pastor, you're not called to do exactly what I'm called to do. You're called to do what you do. So I prepare. I've been preparing for years. This sermon isn't a result of what I did this weekend or this week or last year or the last 10 years. It's what I've been doing for years and years and years. But the same thing is true in the will of God. When we follow after and we're consistent in whatever areas and things he deals. Because he'll deal with you about things in church and he'll deal with you about things outside of church. You with me? Like how you treat your family and your friends. How you live. He'll deal with all kinds of things. But he dealt with this guy from California. And then to, to have a ministry that would do all these different things. And so he started off. And God dealt with him to go to Bible school. So that was the first step. So he went. And then he didn't turn back. And then he left. And then God dealt with him to go back to California. And then he was there for years and years and years being a youth pastor for almost 17 years. Well, 16 or so. And then God started dealing with him the last few years about going and starting a church in, in somewhere. And he didn't know. But he just kept being obedient where he was. And then he, the Lord dealt with him to go to Arizona and twice this happened to this person. Once in his place in California, uh, the Lord started, he was praying one day, and on his bed, he heard these voices of people calling out in the Spirit, I'm hungry, Lord. Send somebody to teach us how to go further in your will. Teach us how to know the things of the Spirit. And there were voices, just lots of voices. Did this guy hear voices? Well, let me ask. Sometimes. Because it was me, and I heard these voices. Then I came here to visit this church uh, to see where to do it, because I didn't know, but I was starting to know it's in Arizona. 
So I would start visiting churches if I was here on a Sunday, and I was sitting in this one church, and all of a sudden, right out of the inside, that same thing happened. I heard people praying and calling out to God, show us how to go further in your ways. Teach us how to know you better. Show us the ways of the Spirit and how to walk with you. And I started hearing all these people calling out, and and I knew that these are people I'm supposed to minister to someday. Well, what if I would have just turned back and not gone forward? Then those people who cried out uh, would have had to find somebody else. And some of those people may be you, and not only are some of them maybe you, but they may be other people, and there's bunches of them around that need to be there too. But then here's the thing. God dealt with me to do this. Well, he didn't deal with me alone. He'll deal with people. So I came and started doing it. Then he'll deal with people to be here, to serve, to get involved. Why? Because he does that because he wants something in this earth. Here and other places. He wants heaven to be manifest, not some religious something that, that doesn't do anything and bring God into manifestation. He wants that through us and other places, but he'll deal with people. He'll work in people. What's, what's the key then? When I know, I do what I need to do. Somebody said, well, I don't know anything right now. Well, then you need to get saved. After you give your life to the Lord, he'll deal with you. I found this out. God doesn't always give you. He may give you a big picture of the end. But many times he'll just deal with you about one step. He'll require that of you until you take the next step. He won't just tell you, okay, do these 20 things. Sometimes he'll just start dealing with you, and when you do it, then you'll get more. And so we need to understand this. He does show us things. He does deal with us. And when we know, we just get in and we go with it. And when we do, heaven starts coming through our lives. You with me? Wonder how he deals with people in so many different ways because he's trying to get heaven's blessing, heaven's things into motion in the earth. Does this stuff happen by accident? Nope. On a real godly purpose. You think there will be opposition to it sometimes? Oh, sure there will. Sure there will. Why? Because does the devil want you to do it and get God's stuff into motion? No, because you get God's stuff into motion and it starts affecting people all around you. So there may be some days where it seems like the wind's at your back and you're just like, woo! And other days, wind's at your face and you're like, what's going on? Just keep going. And be obedient because sometimes people get the wind to their face is because they're traveling the wrong way. You with me? But just do it regardless, and I guarantee you this, inside, that flow will start happening through you. Prayer will become a joy. Spending time with God will become a joy. It will be a pleasure to walk in love and to do His plan. And you know what will happen? There will be an explosion. What if we all do this, and even the people that aren't here today? You know, God deals with us. We do it. Paul said it this way. In Corinthians, he said, when we triumph or we do his thing and follow after, it said, it diffuses a fragrance of his knowledge in every place. In other words, something goes out. 
Wouldn't it be nice if God just spoke there and made it happen? We go, woo, yeah. But no, he deals with people just like you and just like me. Amen. And it's good. And the number one way he deals with us is right out of this book first. If I'm not sure, I need to look in the book. 